Mm-hmm. What's your initial impression? It tastes very zuavi. Okay. Robbie liked the zuavi. Once again, to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey, so you don't have to, but you probably should. You probably are, and that's why we like it. And on today's episode, we're coalless once again. However, we're not lacking for intellect because i got the friggin john voldemort hughes with me and he's already like yeah i got the history i got this i got that like he's on top of it because this guy's awesome from embellished pod uh before we get more into what john's up to how life is how his podcast slash youtube's going hit us up on instagram cole is right now cuddling a beautiful newborn baby girl well he's probably with his oldest daughter well his wife is cuddling the beautiful newborn baby girl and Cole's probably got time to chit-chat on his phone. Maybe, maybe not. So hit us up on Instagram if you want to talk to us. Uh, if you want to support the show monetarily, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered and do Cole a favor. Leave a rating and review. It's been a while. It's been a long while since someone said, you guys are awful. We'd like to hear that. Or if we're great, we'd love to hear that. Anyway, that's enough of that. John, been a little while. It's been when's a last, When's the last time we had you on? I think Was it... It's been a year, I think, maybe some change. Yeah, was it was it the episode we did on yours that we posted on ours? It was like Christmas two years ago, a year and a half ago? No, we've done something since then, right? I'm pretty sure oh, we've done something since then. I hope so. It, it's, we don't do stuff enough, but how you doing, man? How's life? How are things treating you? How's the podcast? The, you know, it's good that you ask about the podcast. The podcast, actually, I, I took like three months off, just sort of unplanned, right? Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I had a, I had a fun interview yesterday and I had to cut some of the interview out because we got into talking about this exact subject, but, um, I just needed some time to think about, you know, what I was doing with the podcast because mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are saying the same things. I like what you guys do. I've got three or four people that I really follow, but, um, most of the interview style podcasts are asking the same seven or eight or 10 questions and it gets sort of boring. So I took some time off, and then now I'm I'm back. I'm back recording. I've had an episode a couple weeks ago with the guys from American Mashing Grain, and they're doing some fun stuff. Um, got one that'll come out probably next week or the week after with Jackie Zykin, who is formerly Old Forester, is currently um, doing Hidden Barn and Odoo Oak, which is her own fragrance line, and a whole host of other things. And we only spent like maybe 15% of the conversation about whiskey, and the rest of it was just about other stuff. So it was super fun. I got some other fun things that are coming up. Some maybe not so directly related to whiskey items, but it's good. It's good. I'm 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 back in the saddle, it sounds like. <laughs> um, so I, I've said it before, I'm gonna say it again. Your first you're like you're like, do I wanna do this trial run first season you had? Mm -hmm. I wanna see you get back to that. And then maybe like sprinkle in these dudes, but like your episodes were so friggin' in informative. And mm -hmm. I loved it, man, because you're just like like your yeast episode. Every time we talk about yeast, that's the whole first thing I think about. I'm like, oh gosh, like John did a deep dive. You're good at doing deep dives into things and making them interesting, man. So like maybe thank you. I, yeah, I, I've, maybe I've got a few. That again. I've got a few of those planned. Yeah, I've got a okay, few of those all right, because that's what I like. Uh, you know, yeah, like I, I, I I'm trying to. The interviews aren't going to be like straight whiskey interviews. Like most of the conversation yesterday was about mental health and kind of knowing who you are, which is super oh, great. Right, it was fun. Um, I've got a potential chef from top chef coming on, uh, in a couple weeks and we'll talk about food, right. Talk about other things, but I still have a handful of the more traditional things that I did in the past. 
Um, those things are super resource intensive, man. I got to do a lot of research and writing and stuff. You're and good so, at it, though. Well, um, I mean, like maybe do like like a, a season of that every year where you mm-hmm. do like five episodes, seven episodes. That's, you're hitting that. And so what my intent is to sort of sprinkle them throughout the other things and they all just sort of come along um, as they do, you know, just, just things happen, you know, people come available that want to have conversations that I think they're interesting. I'll talk to them. Um, but beyond that, I've got, I've got a, a, an Excel planning sheet full of ideas that are similar to that around different, um, unifying things for brands. You and I are so different. You've got the Excel spreadsheet planning things ahead. I don't do, I like, we just wing it every week, man. Like well, I well, wing I, it every week. I have week. to, or I'll repeat myself. And this is, you know, like I started doing that with my whiskey collection. Cause then I realized I'd bought the same bottle three times and I had now had four of them. I'm like, I got to do somewhere to, you know, kind of make sure I keep up with it. Cause I know I'm not going to go back and look at my podcast episodes list. And so if I don't write it down and keep track of it, I will repeat myself. 100% will repeat myself. And so it's, 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 a, it's a, it's a necessity. The, the overbuying whiskey is not a, like, if you're going to have a problem, that's a good problem to have. I remember one time, I here's the thing. I'm probably repeating myself. I probably mentioned this on the podcast. But one time, uh, first time I ever ordered, it was like 2014. I First time I ever ordered, no, it's probably earlier than that, like 2012. First time I ever ordered pizza on my smartphone. And I submit it. I don't see anything. Didn't do anything. Submitted it again. Did it like four times. We ended up with like 12 pizzas for three yep. people. And I was like, my wife was like, she was like, and then, you know, we're early in marriage. And she's like, you spent that much money? I'm like, if we got a problem, too many pizzas is the problem to have. So, and then she got even more pissed when my buddy and I ate all of it in three days, two days or something like <laughs> well, that. I mean, so. there you go. You, you bought multiple days worth of meals. You know, that's meal planning, you know. Well, it, it should be multiple weeks of meals. <laughs> it's pizza, but, though. Well, we got to drinking and having fun that weekend. So, you know, right. it happens. At least you didn't have to throw anything in the trash, right? Like everything got. Oh, yeah, everything. So that's, there's no waste. You know, it's sustainability. There was no, none, none, none. All right. So I was going to ask you about this anyway, but you already kind of mentioned it. Talking about having a top chef guy on, talking about mm-hmm. mental health. How good was the bear season two? Uh oh. I, Problems? so I, I love it. I absolutely okay. loved it. But I've also I've read a couple of articles about some advocates in the hospitality industry, and I've I've, I've thought about this and I've tried to like you know okay I, I want to read this it's a thing that doesn't necessarily agree with me. Um, the concern is, and spoiler alert for anybody who watches, it just kind of comes across this. You may get spoiled on uh, the bear, but you should still watch it. Um, there is some degree of glorification of what happens in a professional kitchen and how um, hospitality workers are mistreated even by their own staff, not necessarily by patrons, but by their own staff. You know, that, that demanding chef idea, Mm -hmm. it almost feels like a glorification. Now I think the bear does a good job of like walking the line between glorification and just pointing out like, this is how the industry really is right now. And then dramatizing it for effect. Um, But I, I will say, Right, so I don't know if you remember the episode from season one where they um, did their online ordering for the first time, and mm-hmm. that sound of the receipt printer up. just yep. over and over again. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they would ever be able to create an episode that was more stressful than that one for a person who's mm-hmm. ever worked in a kitchen, because you've heard that noise. Like if you've worked in a kitchen, you've heard the cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching as the printer comes off. But that fishes episode, the seven fishes episode for oh, Christmas man. time, it it did it. 
beautiful. <laughs> just beautiful. You know, um, I, I had I had somewhat hoped. You know, I, I travel for work uh, pretty regularly, and I end up in Chicago. And I was like, man, I really hope I end up in Chicago at the same time they're filming because I'm absolutely going to try to sneak over and get a peek at what's going on. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out that way, but. I think it's a fantastic uh, season. I hate that it was so short, and I hate that I watched it so fast. Same. I think I started it on Tuesday, and I finished it last night. Yep. But man, it uh, had me like the last, like that episode. Oh, gosh. As a parent, you watch the Seven Fishes episode, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be like, and like, to, so like we we talked about mental health a lot on the show and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like Cole and I have definitely struggled with depression and other things. And um, but I, I watched that episode. I'm like, I don't want to be that parent. And I and I think of instances where I lost my cool things right. like that. Like oh my gosh, it, yeah, no. And then I feel like that like where they put it in the whole season, the whole arc of the season, it was just like it just what is it? Not kingpin. It's the uh, stone. What's the stone? The keystone. The keystone. It was the keystone, and then like everything that came after that, and like he's po- polishing the forks later and stuff. And you're like, oh my god, ah, it was so good. It, so it really good. was, and you know, the, I think you know, the, there's there's some caution in there. You're gonna do that, right? Like this is the thing. Yeah. You're going to have moments where you're gonna blow up. Um, but that particular episode, I don't think that there is a person who has been to a family event that can't relate to some portion of it. Maybe not all of it, but there's gonna be a piece where they're gonna be like, oh yeah, I remember or to this that time level where, either too. Where it's like. Right. It's, it's pretty severe. <laughs> but but <laughs> you, you'll be able to relate to the tension in, in, in that family moment and, and, and the way it was and the reason why maybe you don't like some family gatherings because chaos, you know. I will say, too, I enjoyed, and I almost felt like it was almost too much, but how many people decided, like, I'm going to get on this bandwagon. Like, they just, like, they did an uh, embellished pod where, like, I'm just going to ask everybody if they want to show up. And yep. like, there were so many, like, golly, just people I would never would have expected on there. Like, or seen like, like Eddie Vedder must be a fan. He showed up all over that soundtrack, man. I'm like, Oh my gosh, right. I got to listen to this and that again. So, but it was, yeah, that... it was a masterful season. It's got me excited for the next one. Um, my hope is, is that they, they understand what the length of their story is and they stop exactly. there. Yeah. Um, because there is a finite end to this, I feel like, and maybe it's two more seasons. Maybe it's one, maybe it's three. I don't know, but um, I don't think that needs to be a forever story, but man, it's really, really, really good. Well, they just, I think the thing that I love most is the ensemble of it where you have all these different stories, but they're, mm-hmm. and they're all different, but the same. Right. Yep. And it's just, I don't know. Have you seen that clip of that kid that was like, some guys like some TikToker, YouTube guys like interviewing him and somebody walks across the screen and he's, he's like, oh, we're just recording. You just walk across and the kid's like, hey, we all have lives and we're just all aware of ourselves. Have you seen that one? Yes. And I'm yes. like, that's, that's how the show is. It's like, you know, you mm-hmm. show up to work and you're like, you know, like in the back of your mind, like I got this, that and the other thing going on and you lash out at times or like you just mm-hmm. don't like, but that's the thing I love about the show is just like, no, we all got stuff going on, man. Like, <laughs> yes, we're just so aware of ourselves that it's hard to see other folks. Yeah, and you know, like, in the food industry, is this weird place, specifically in a restaurant like that. You know, like Applebee's, maybe not so much, but in a very thoughtful restaurant, it's a place where, like, um, you know, business and artistry meet. And you've got to have like this sort of a beautiful mind mentality where, like, your brain <laughs> is always thinking about something else, but you also have to 
make the business run. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's, that's restaurant industry, right. For, for people who work in, in restaurant restaurants, you know, may, maybe not as much McDonald's, maybe there's not as much artistry in McDonald's, but, um, for sure. in what they're doing, you got, you know, you got to put a smile on those kids face, you know, that's well, what it's all about. Happy. There, there, there's something to be said for consistency. And this is something that any distiller or chef or anybody who makes things repetitively will say is like being able to make the exact same thing over and over and over again, while monotonous is also a form of artistry because you've nailed how to repeat the same thing over. It's, and it's not easy to do. There it is. John Hughes bringing the intellect. <laughs> I don't know about intellect. You know, there may be. No, you, it was very well spoken. Very well spoken. Oh, man. Um, I was going to ask you something else and I can't remember now. Anyway, how's life other than, other than like TV and. It's summertime, work? man. It's we're, we're, we're in the hottest part of the year. Um, we actually have a heat warning right now, but I mean, you live in the high desert anyways, right? Yeah. It's just, just, you're going to die. We, we have had like the most normal summer so far that we've had in like seven years like it's like june was like we got rain it was like mid it was like low to high 80s kind of like never really cracked 90 which is nice like i'm hoping praying like we don't get our smoke this year which like have you guys gotten all that canada smoke where you're at (laughs) Uh, so not not as much right so for this there's this weird thing that's happening right um and i have you know some some friends and family that live in southern indiana and southern indiana is a two-hour drive from here that's it you know it's a very short drive and i'm seeing pictures from southern indiana and we're not having the same thing that they are and it's just so close like it's ridiculous you guys don't have like mountain ranges in between or anything like that do you nope we've got a river i think that may be the only thing that there's a river between us and so maybe the cold air above the water is pushing it a different i don't i don't know it's not really hitting (laughs) us too bad but i've seen it and this is like you know, I saw, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures that came out of, you know, Chicago, New York, whenever it hit them really hard. And it looks like a, it looks like, what did somebody say? It looks like a mid to late nineties movie that was set in the mid East. Right. They mm-hmm. put that sort of like sepia tone yep. filter, filter on, on everything yep. to make it look awful. Um, but we're going to New York. So is this going to be a thing we're going to have to encounter while we're there? Like with my here's, wife and I in the middle of this month. So here's the funny thing. Like all of us folks on the West coast are like, yeah, welcome to summer. <laughs> like that's like that's we're like, not used to it. Yeah, we're not used yeah, to it. Yeah, I know, it. like that's like 300, 200 miles away, like and that smoke's coming. Like, no, these mm-hmm. are like in our backyard. Like that's how like late July to mid September is every year almost, where it's just it's smoky. It looks like a tattooing with the sun coming up every morning, man. It's like that's <laughs> what we do. And the thing that stinks, like being a teacher, like, you know, a guy I had We'll take kids outside, like play basketball, do stuff like that. I'm like, nope, can't today. Air quality, like we're stuck inside. Yeah. Sorry, guys. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah. So we don't, we we uh, we are, uh, you know, feel bad that anyone has to go through that because it's just not fun. Right. But we're laughing at y'all. We're laughing at the East Coast. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's where we're at. That's us. Yeah, and the only thing we get to laugh at you guys is if you show up in the in the southeast portion of the United States and get to experience humidity for real. Like that's the that's that's where we get to laugh because seriously, you know, it, 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 they're two different things. It's a very different environment. Oh, it, it totally is. No, we went like we'll get. I mean, in Boise, we'll get hundred and five a week where it's like just above a hundred. Like at nighttime, it's like ninety five, and like you just you can't open the windows and never cool down. 
But mm-hmm. we went and like, and like, it sucks, but like, I'm okay with it. Like, I'll, I'll still get stuff done and I'll mow the yard and do other stuff, go out to the park with the kids. We went to Mexico. We got back from Mexico last week. 85% humidity. I just like, all I do is sweat. Like, I just sweat the entire time. And that's just it's where awful. we're laughing at you. That's a, we were, yeah, we were like, yeah. this is, you know, Mexico is fine for us because it's the same as here. Yeah, no, man. I can't do the humidity. Like, I, I, I think at some point, if I stayed in humidity long enough, I could get used to it. I'm not yeah. going to like it ever. I just, it's like, I look like I worked out all the time. Like, <laughs> never changed you gotta, my you gotta clothes. Have a change, you you got to have a change of clothes on a regular. You know, like that's People who live in the South that live in metropolitan cities that commute to work that by walking or whatever, I don't know how they do it. That's a completely you know, different concern. But I, I prefer it because here's the thing is that we get this constant reminder to drink water because we're sweating all the time. But if I, 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 I was in um, south of Fresno in late July. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, like, I knew it was hot, but I never started sweating. And th- th- that never happened. <laughs> and that's more dangerous. That is more dangerous. Um, here's the thing, though. Do you ever get a fresh, like, fresh bag of chips? Because we're in Mexico. You open up a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're in the airport, and, like, the girls got some Pringles. I'm like, these are not fresh. This is not cr- – <laughs> it's, like, slightly crispy. Like, here, like, <laughs> and, like, we don't – like, you open a bag of chips. If you don't roll it up. You're you're probably fine for a week no, or two because it's so no. dry. That's why I'm, there's there's a big industry for chip clips here in the in the south. <laughs> That's the other thing is I like here I do have to put it like every night before I go to bed I'll do a O'Keefe's hand cream or whatever like because my hands mm-hmm. just dry out in Mexico like all my all my hand cracks went away like never yep. never used lotion. No, you don't. It, it's it's not as as much of a requirement. No. Yeah. All right. Well, as exciting as talking about humidity, hand lotion, and chip freshness is, I think we're about time. Should we move along here and take a quick break? And then coming up, I don't know what I'm drinking. John. Big question marks. John sent like a billion samples, and one of them has not just a big question mark, tiny question marks. I can't see. You can't see that. Nope. nope, Yeah. The white will throw it off. So I have no idea what I'm drinking. John's going to do the history. I'm going to do a little sipping before he gives away too much information. Fortunately for John, I'm too dumb to probably figure out, even if you give all the history to figure out what I'm drinking. But we'll go to break, and when we come back, I just hope this isn't John's urine. So here we go to break. And we're back. Cole usually does this, and I like I would be like, here's part of the show where we have the history on this, and I say this or that. I don't know what we're drinking, and John and I had a fun conversation about drinking urine off camera. So hopefully, it's there, not. There but, is there is no there is no human urine content in what you're going to consume. At least if there is, we're both drinking it. And I don't know about it. So perfect. Okay. You have to bear with me because this one's going to be right, a little you, bit weird, and I'll tell you when to take your drink. It, weirder but, than what we just talked about. Oh, without a, I mean, I, it depends on oh, what you geez. define as weird, but for a whiskey podcast, right? Okay. I think this might be weird, right? Okay. Um, we're going to get some culture, too. We're going to get some culture. And, you know, you didn't talk about, were you, were you drinking like, anything like, on an entry like bus I'm today? Like, I'm going to get sick here? Like, I got to go to the doctor and get a cold? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like we're going we're gonna to learn something about history today. Oh, perfect. Um, so, and you can smell it if you want to. Or you could even drink it if you want to. That's fine. Of course, so there's this guy named Van Gogh. Like, do you know who Van Gogh is? Uh, are you referring to Vincent or Steve? Vincent, Vincent Willem Van Gogh. He was a <laughs> Dutch post-impressionist painter. Willem. 
Van right? Who did about 2,100 pieces of artwork in a period of about 10 years. Um, and it sort of ties in a little bit, I guess, maybe overall with this entire conversation. But So this guy does 860 oil paintings. Um, they, they date from about two years. There's landscapes, landscapes still lives, portraits, self-portraits, mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff, right? He was born into an upper middle class family. Um, and so, you know, how do you draw on your tortured artist self um, if you didn't grow up in some sort of turmoil? Um, but he was thought to be like a, a serious, quiet, and thoughtful young man. Um, he worked as an art dealer, and I'll go ahead and tell you my source here is going to be largely Wikipedia. Uh, I trust <laughs> it. It's mostly it's mostly accurate. It's enough for it's enough for this. Okay. Um, but um, as as a young man, he worked as an art dealer, and he entered into this round and bout of depression. And so this is where we start to see some of his artistic um, things come into play. You know, he turned to religion at one point. Um, he was a Protestant missionary. Didn't know about this. Um, but, you know, stuck predominantly in, in Roman Catholic Southern Belgium. Uh, so I guess if you're going to be a missionary, Southern Belgium is probably a pretty nice place to be. You're not having to go to somewhere where there's a bunch of yellow, yellow fever or whatever. Um, but he started taking up painting after all of this, right? He drifted into some bad health, picked it up in 1881, um, moved back home with his parents, like everybody wants their kids to do, you know, come back home. And his early works are mostly still lives, depictions of peasant laborers, a whole bunch of different stuff like this. Um, he had he kind of developed his approach to, to all of this artwork over a period of time. Now, there's this particular piece of artwork. Go ahead and go ahead and have, have a drink here. Okay. It's called The Zouave. And I looked up how to pronounce that before I got on. So it is appropriate. It's spelled Z-O-U-A-V-E. Um, and this is a um, several sketches that Van Gogh did. Um, and it, it was a model. And the Zouave was a soldier. Um, and he did these paintings in 1881. He, he described him as a boy. Um, the boy's portrayed as a soldier. He's got a face. He's got a very distinct look. And you'll get to see a picture of, of the, the image here. Before too long, but I can't share it with you because then you'll know what you're drinking, and we can't have that just yet. <laughs> so Van Gogh actually wasn't very happy with this painting. He described it as very ugly and unsuccessful, um, but he liked the challenge. He thought the challenge was going to expand his mind. Right. So um, later on, he suffers from psychotic episodes, delusions, and has a whole bunch of other problems. We're not going to go too far down that path. But So there's this painting called the Zouave. Now, have you already taken a drink? Mm-hmm. What's your initial impression? It tastes very zuavi. Okay. Robbie liked the zuavi. Um, no, it's um, it may be weeded. It's kind of su- like a sweeter kind of a wheat to it. It's got uh, mouthfeel is awesome. It's just very mid viscosity. It's not light. It's mm-hmm. not heavy. It's just nice. It's like a, a warmed honey with a little bit of water in it. Okay. Um, fruit wise and, and that, like apple that all makes complete sense so this is an 8 year 86 proof whiskey right so it's not okay. super high proof um, but to carry the mouth feel is pretty interesting so how does what does the Zouave have to do with anything else so the Zouave is this painting that, that Van Gogh himself doesn't care for in 1966 Jim Beam introduces um, some long running collections. They were called Bean Collector Editions. And they ran from about 66 to 86. So you got 20 years worth of stuff. And okay. So we're looking at this time frame wise, 
like um, this is a time when whiskey consumption is on the decline and they're trying to find interesting and unique ways to draw people in to buy whiskey. So they make all of these um, special editions, right? And so in the first run of these things, they would introduce a kind of a new collection under this particular heading, the Bean Collector's Editions. Um, They started, the first was a series of four different bottlings with paintings from famous artists. They were put in these boxes, and some of these are are relatively ugly, but this was an interesting way to try to bring forth um, more more sales, more sales effectively. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you what you're looking at. So what you have in your glass is Mm a... I shared this. Now you're going to nope. have to probably put it I on I got to add it in here. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's going to, yeah, there you go. So this is a 1969 Jim Beam decanter. <laughs> okay. Right. Is that what, what we're drinking? drinking? This is, this is what we're drinking. This oh my is, God. What is in your glass is a 1969 Jim Beam decanter. And the reason we're talking about the Zouave is because that's the particular edition that this one was. Right. So what made it interesting to me was this number one, I mean, it's old whiskey, right? So we can talk about a couple of things that are in there, but this is a painting that Van Gogh doesn't like, but Jim Beam picked it to put on this ugly ass bottle. Sorry, I said a word and now you got the explicit there. But the bottle is just it's it's not it's not an attractive bottle. It looks like it might be the internal organ of a cow. Yeah, I could see it looks like it looks like a burnt chicken leg with thigh. Abs- yes, so a haunch, so to speak. Maybe a haunch, oh, haunch. of an animal. Perfect. Yeah, okay, haunch. So this is what you have, right? This is what you're drinking. Like I said, eight year, eighty six proof. Um, and the other thing that makes these things kind of interesting, and I think the reason they're able to to make the mouthfeel feel the way it does, um, has more to do with the trees that make up the barrels than anything else. Um, sure. But these were popular for collectors beyond whiskey. That's why there's a whole bunch of these that still exist that still have whiskey in them, right? Um, and luckily, I took this picture right before I accidentally tore that label in half. That's right there on Beam's <laughs> Choice. <laughs> So we've got we got perfect evidence. So now we're we're done with the history on this. This is this is Jim Beam doing Jim Beam's things. Um, okay. Now we're on to what you think. So all right. So it was 1966. You said 69. 1969. 1969 is when nice. this was bottled. Exactly. What year? Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta say, I would not have thought I was drinking something that old because the episodes. I just can't remember what it was. Cole got me his. It was an old, old bottle. It was older than this, but mm-hmm. it tasted musty. It didn't yep. like it. This has like no indication that this wasn't bottled recently at all. Like right. I can't believe it's that old. First of all, um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna skip to my my rating that I had in my mind right now. I'm mm-hmm. giving this a nine point three. It is like I said, the mouthfeel is just on point. It's not too viscous. It's not too light. It's great. I thought the proof was a little bit higher. I thought I was being a little tricked by it, but uh, eighty-six for an eighty-six proofer, like this is an easy sipper. I don't now. Like here's the problem: I don't want to add water. I don't want to add ice to this. Like it is really good as is. It's just a really good bourbon. There's good. Is this weeded? Is there any wheat in it? Um. I, so there, there's a there's a lot of question on what this mash bill is, right? Okay. Because, um. They did some transition. I mean, history records aren't the greatest, right? So if you think about when this was distilled, this is a 1969 bottling, and it's eight years old. So it was distilled in 61, 
or 60, 60 or 61. And so knowing for sure when they transition from one to the other, is the record accurate? I, I don't know. I haven't tried to look up the 1960 or 61 mash bill, um, but I don't know that it was heavily weeded. Um, I know they had started introducing, started introducing rye at that point um, a little more heavily. So no, it's lightly sweet. It's not over. It doesn't taste over oaked or anything like that. It is just, no, this is really good. I can't believe you shared this. Are you sipping some right now too? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are your thoughts? You guys on got it? the first and second pours out of this one. Uh, so did Cole get the question mark too? Yeah, yeah, he got the exact same thing. So that way okay, he can so. maybe he listens to this episode and he can sip along and, and get the experience himself. Um, I'm trying to see if it has. Eh, I think that's the new mash bill because this is talking about brown rice, and I'm pretty sure they weren't doing brown rice in. Um, so I really enjoy this is my second decanter of beam that I've had, and the thing is these these beam decanters, um, the, the state of Kentucky passed a law to allow for vintage um, alcohol sales. And so you can go to a store. There's a couple stores here in the, in the state where you can go and pick up these um, decanters. And those stores are then required to try to make sure that the provenance is accurate and that it was never opened or whatever. Um, I find them to be fun and interesting and unique. And I think, mm-hmm. and this is what I attribute it to, number one, industrial processes weren't exactly the same in the sixties as they are now. Right. So they were probably a little more loosey goosey, but beyond that, um, this is, this is what I try to uh, spend at least most of my time thinking about. And the, the, the trees that went into making the barrels of this were harvested probably sometime in the late fifties. Um, and most of the trees at that point in time were considered old growth. And so had much tighter ring patterns. They were grown in the wild. And so, um, they were more resilient. How the whiskey interacted with the, um, the barrel would have been incredibly different and something that we couldn't necessarily recreate now. Um, just based off of industrial practices, yeast, yeast things, it feels like capturing history in a bottle. And I've had some that have been terrible. I've got one that's not a beam. That was another one that I don't think is, is super great. They can get real varnishy, but I think this particular bottle is one of the better ones. I didn't try it until today either. Oh, really? Okay. No, yeah. it's delicious. Yeah, I poured really two samples and then didn't touch it again. Yeah. Oh, you're a good man. So I actually have similar. That's a 7071. Mm-hmm. If I can focus that. Nebraska yep. National Championship. Jim Beam bottle. There's nothing in it. Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't know if I've ever taken the cork off. I'm gonna give this a smell. So it's not too far, but this is only aged 130 months. I don't know math. 130? That's that? over 10 years. Oh, okay. I, 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 130, so that's uh, 10 years and 10 months. Is that right? Because 120. Dude, I'm not the math guy. This got Coach so it, Bob Devaney on it. I'm not even that, I assume to... as, as, a, as a Nebraska person, that's your that, that's that's the reason for. Coach. That's one of my favorite keepsakes. Yeah, no. Yep. There's nothing in it. It got drank at it a long time ago. But mm-hmm. you no, know, like I love like they're they're fun. So. Oh yeah, they, some they... of them are. Some of them are absolutely ugly, and that's what, you know, like this is one of the ugly ones. And the oh, one that I had before it was uh, like a wildlife uh, piece of artwork. You know, it was in the 70s, I think, is what it was. Um, but no, I think they're I think they're fun. They're interesting. They're unique. Um, but yeah, you've got to, You've got to do the water pour. You've got to do the ice. This is chill. I know. I got do. to now. Yeah. If I did, it's it's. So I added some water. I get a little bit more of the apple on the nose. A little bit of vapor. Yeah, and this is what I worry about, right? Because it is an eighty, you know, eighty-six proof whiskey. As soon as you mm-hmm. start adding water to it, um, is it going to disappear? Is the mouthfeel going to disappear? And I don't know yet. Like that's why I'm I'm adding my water in right now. 
seeing how this goes. So I think what I'm going to do is as soon as we get done, if I can find time, I'm going to edit this, up, upload it, and send Cole like the digital copy because I feel like this is something he may want to drink as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Like this is so it's really good. All right, going for a taste. I get a little bit. It's a little bit. There's a little bitterness there for me. I get a little medicinal. Um, I think it goes more oaky cut. for sure. Yeah, the, it is the bitterness, oaky. like oak tannins. Yeah. Look at you, man. Oak tannins. So here's the thing. You got to get on Matt Madness. Like I could see you doing a deep run, and your like your comedic and humor, I think, is understated. Like it's just like it's a little mm-hmm. underwhelming in delivery. Sorry. But <laughs> no, I understand understated. But understated? it's quality. It's qu- like it's it hits. Like mm-hmm. it comes. Like I am like stupid, gregarious, blah, like fart jokes. And you're here's you're very... here's the thing: is that your your comedy is going to sell. You know, there's a reason why people are still talking about Matt Madness season one with the grease. Because mm-hmm. it, it was not... an understated humor that did that. You know, that is straight up. Yeah. You know, 1980s and 90s wrestling a heel methodology it was oh man i've been doing this through. rabbit hole of randy macho man savage clips man oh yeah it was a great time cries. to grow up man it the was macho a... man cries but a macho man can cry i've cried a thousand times before and i'll cry again i don't know so it was good. it was an amazing time to grow up whenever things like that were happening oh my gosh. so were you, about, you know were you a wrestling fan um, I wasn't like a huge wrestling fan. It was a, if it's on, I'll watch it. If it's not, I, I'm not going to like seek it out. But my grandfather was like an absolute, which really you have to, so you have to think geographically, right? So we're in, you know, Southwestern Kentucky. We're two and a half hours from Memphis and Memphis is home to some of the most original wrestling that there was. I gotcha. Right. And so my grandfather's attachment was probably from years and years before enough to where like he would sit in his recliner and he would like shift like he was actually in the wrestling ring with people while it was happening. <laughs> it was a it was a whole it's like, interesting. It's like thing. when you used to play Nintendo as a kid. Yes, <laughs> and you would yep. jump. You would jump whenever Mario would jump or whatever. Absolutely, he was doing that. You know for sure. And so, but it was you know it, it was. It's an introduction to theater, effectively, right? Like, it's an introduction to theater oh, yeah. to people. <laughs> it's... Sorry, I just looked up and I saw you shoot ice across the house. <laughs> um, no, it, it is, uh, it's like soap opera with macho yeah. men. Yeah, it really is. I loved it. I was always like, WCW Saturday mornings. I got to see, see Sting fight Ric Flair. That was my thing growing up. And then go into the front yard right afterwards with my neighbor Sam and his little brother Matt, and we get in trouble for hurting one somebody. We get in trouble for hurting somebody. My, I tell I mean, you what, my leg lock. I still am proud of my leg lock. Like I could choke a kid out with my leg lock. It was great. There, there may have been a time in college where uh, I threw um, one of my friends into a Boston crab, and so it sticks around. For me. <laughs> Uh, nose with ice, muted, slightly mm-hmm. sweet. Not much else. Too light. Way too yeah, light. Yeah, I think we're on a degrading performance. We started yeah. at the apex and we're working our way down Absolutely. to a, a lower score for sure. 
it's almost um, like it doesn't have white wine flavors but it's got mm-hmm. like white like a white wine spritzer quality to it where it's yeah. just like I get that. Yeah. Cause you can get some, some dryness that comes in because you know, we're, we're getting rid of some of the sweeter flavor flavors. Um, maybe a whiskey Aperol spritz. So, yeah. It's just, it's way too light. I saved the last yep. little bit to go back to neat here. So, I mean, that doesn't mean there can't be another, uh, hand delivered package with more of this in it. Well, I would not push you to do that because this is, yeah. you got I've experienced it. I'm happy. I can move on. You're the best, Joan. Seriously. I mean, you know, it, I, I bought this um, with the intent to share it with the appropriate kind of people because there are, there are select few people who are going to appreciate this, right? Like a lot of people there, like, let me find the pappies and the wellers of the world. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with those things, but. This is fun. This is interesting. It's, well, it's something thing. that is non-recreatable at this point in time. I'll I'll probably never have it again, and I'm happy that I just had it, man. I appreciate you for sharing. You know, and that's the thing. It's like um, our episode that we did on Matt Madness. Um, they were, gosh, I can't forget, remember the name. They were down in Florida with, is it, oh, the husband and wife. Dan and Julie. Dan and Julie. And... Mm-hmm. Dan, like as it goes along, Dan's just pulling off like I think he had a pappy or something like that, some antique collection, and he's just sipping from it. I'm like, yeah. whatever, like that's how it goes. And you know, he's pouring, he's like pouring huge pours for Matt and stuff. And like I was looking at the comments, and someone's like, "This is disgusting, wasting whiskey like that." And I like, I was like, because I'm vain, so I looked at the comments. But I pull up, I'm like, no, this is how it is. Like when you get around people who, a, have a good yeah. appreciation for the same thing, like whiskey. And you start drinking the whiskey, by the end of the night, bottle chugs, deep pours, like you don't like you like it's just how it goes, man. You this, just share with people who love it. What 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 is the point of, of 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 hoarding it and keeping it? And I say that fully aware that there's a lot of hoarding that happens directly behind me. But, you know, in the same vein, and I'll I'll one hundred percent um have a conversation about the likes. Uh, because I like Dan and Julie. I've met them in person a couple of times. They're super, super people, and they'll share anything with you, right? I've got uh, an early bookers that they sent to me as a part of a giveaway for a thing they were doing because they share their things, right? And so if they have something, it's similar to, to anybody that you show up that's, you know, kind of a real appreciator. You show up at their house and like, hey, you know, what can I try? And, and they'll say anything. If it's open, let's drink it, right? Because yep. that's what the point of it all is. And if it's not open, maybe we'll go ahead and open it. Um, and if that means drinking it straight from the bottle, if that means putting it on, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, but it does matter who you share it with. It doesn't yep. matter how you share it, right? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like you, you get a sense up, for oh, the I wrong like people. And like the thing is, so I'm sure you've done this or had this happen where someone shows up and they're like, I like whiskey. Like, Oh, okay. And you kind of start with that like medium tier that is mm-hmm. pretty special, but it's not like you give it to them and they're, and they're like, Oh, okay. Thanks for the, yeah. and like they move on. You're like, okay, we're not going any higher than that. Like, <laughs> Well, I, I usually start with, okay, what do you like? You know, like, what do you drink? Yeah. What is it that you buy? You know? Cause, um, Luckily enough, like most everything is up here and this is in my office space and our, our communal areas are downstairs. And so I would have to invite them up there for them to see anything. So it's more of a, okay, where are you at? Because there's no, if you're really, really into low proof wheated whiskeys, right? There's no sense in me pulling out 
a hazmat ride whiskey mm-hmm. unless you're trying to learn something new, right? And then somebody says, I want you to teach you So, Okay, now we've opened the floodgates. But if you just, I, I want I want to drink a, a bottle. I had a bottle of Old Rip, um, you know, five, seven years ago. And we had some, some friends, coworkers come in from um, Eastern Europe. So I brought that over because that's a bottle they can take a picture with. They can send it back to their friends and their friends, you know, it's a clout thing. It's a thing they can mm-hmm. share with. They can give two shits what it tastes like. So it's just a fun experience. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right. Rating on best pour. I already gave mine. I'm giving the neat a 9.3. Again, after that, don't it. Yep. And I feel like I even said, I'm like, I don't want to add ice. I don't want to add water. You made me do it. You're a man of high standards. I appreciate that. But neat was the best. I'm giving a 9.3. It was mouthfeel on point. It, mm-hmm. uh, nice sweetness it was nothing like over like whelming in any direction it was just delicious and i think like if i could have this be like the standard bourbon i would drink this every day i'm not a huge bourbon guy i do like mm-hmm. bourbon um i prefer other stuff i prefer rise a little bit more like sometimes bourbons can be way too sweet for me this was perfect i loved it 9.3 what do you got john um, you know, I waver between like an eight, six and an eight, seven for me. Okay. Um, and, and, and the big thing is, is that it really boils down to proof for me. You know, like just personally, I really, really like proof and I need it yeah. to, um, I need it to either blow out my mouth or create a drying sensation. And it's on the edge of that, but it's fantastic. I'm, I don't feel bad about the money that I spent for it, but they're not even that expensive. They're really not. Um, and so yeah, eight six eight seven. So okay. we'll call it eight seven. I'm fine. So, I'll round up. So do you typically do you like sweet bourbons in, or like what do you like? What do you what do you look for in a? So you want like proofage? You want to either blow you out or get? I, I would like. <laughs> I'm aware of how problematic that statement is, and I was aware when I said it. Um, I want, honestly, it doesn't have to be super sweet. I, I really like. So I'll tell you, there was this time in college when I was like, I'm going to get into wine. I want to drink wine, right? Mm-hmm. And you start with red wines because you're a guy and that's what you do. And I like super, super dry red wines. So what that translates into is that I like a whiskey that is going to create a pretty tannic and drying reaction. And a lot of times that ends up being in the rye family. I don't care if it's a rye. I don't care if it's a bourbon. Um, I don't like the ones that are sickly sweet. You know, mm-hmm. I had a... Um, Widow Jane Decadence, which is like finishing maple syrup barrels and mm. had the Bell Mead, which was finishing honey barrels. And they were delicious. Mm. They were delicious. But, I mean, I'm not trying to get diabetes from drinking whiskey. <laughs> well, give me, give me something that's got a little bit more to it. And it may be an advancement of where I am in drinking, but I like red wine finished ones. So I was start, I started the, the day with um, a Amontillado finished whiskey. Right, which okay. is red wine, and it's gonna create a more meaty mouthfeel. So that's that's you, s- you started the day wanting a meaty mouthfeel. Absolutely, gotcha. yes. I started <laughs> well. I knew that I was gonna be on with Big Rob, so I needed to make sure that I had explored all of my mouth with a meaty feel. <laughs> well, all righty, let's. I, I only wish my wife would wake up feeling that way. All right. <laughs> that being said, it's probably time we move things along here. We'll go to the next portion of the show. We like to call a Whiskey World News. Yeah, we're back. It's been a little bit of a, a break here on Whiskey World News break. John and I talking off camera. 
off yep. mic, on mic, but we're not publishing it because you know right. what? That's a time between friends, bourbons with friends. Yep. And uh, anyway, part of the show we have to call Whiskey World News. Part of the show we read an article, didn't read, gonna write, nope, gonna read it, didn't write it. Here we go. And I have a feeling like you're gonna have some good thoughts on this because you're a thoughtful man. And this is like very low hanging fruit. This comes from The Observer, written by Alyssa Fitzgerald, entitled The Celebrity Whiskey Brands That Are Actually Worth Drinking. And I'm not even going to read what she, she says. About, I'm just going to list them off here. Uh, first one, David Beckham's Hague Club Clubman. Uh, it's a light, unpeated Scotch whiskey that aims to win over newcomers to the spirit. Uh, have you had it? Any thoughts on that? None. I haven't. Yeah, no, I, I have no thoughts, but I would, I would guess just based off of my own suspicion is that it is very going to be a very similar play to like proper 12 where it's a guy with a big name that's trying to create a big brand to then sell it. You know, like what Clooney did that. Um, somebody else did it. I don't know. That, that, that would be my, my guess. Okay. Next one. Leave Shriver's slant Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey is always a good call. And with slant slant. What is it? Slante. Slayante is it S L I A N T E? With a yep. That's a that's a, there's a specific that's pronunciation of that, and I am Western thing. Kentucky to know. Yeah, is it slaunch? Slaunch. <sighs> I know it's like the Cheers thing. That's what they they do in Ireland. Uh, next one here is Conor McGregor's Proper Twelve. Got your thoughts on that? Nick Offerman's Lagavulin Chart Oak Cask. Any thoughts there? So that one is the most real of them and, and, and the reason I say that is that it is no secret and I've, I, I had a conversation with uh, one of my episodes where like a dream interview is Nick Offerman talking about um, his Lagavulin series mm-hmm. but like he has such a high affinity for it it's even written into an episode of Parks and Recreation right yep. like he visits the um, Lagavulin distillery and I, I can only guess that like that entire go to Europe uh, portion of Parks and because Recreation was, was, like, was just to get a paid for trip to go over to Lagavulin. <laughs> and I appreciate that. But um, he doesn't make any bones about, you know, like this is Lagavulin. It's just sort of selected for me. He's not trying to like create some story where it's my brand, blah, blah. He's just partnering. And and I that one I'm on board with. I've had a couple of uh, different versions of it. It's, it's fantastic. But I mean, you're starting with Lagavulin, which is already fantastic. So, yep. Uh, next one, blackened American whiskey. I've never actually had blackened. Have you? I'm sure you have. You have. So, so I have, and I, I talked about this one on an episode as well because it's a unique aging style. And so, do you know anything about blackened? Uh, I know uh, all not too much. I just know that they okay. do like the uh, sound waves with. Right. So each batch has a playlist that goes along with it, right? And that's the music that was played to it. And now there is some science behind the idea of sound waves and how it impacts wood. And, and, and I'll say this and I'm going to run this out way long. So I apologize ahead of time. We've got a little bit of time to spend Um, for you. We got all the time in the world there. There, there's a birthday lunch. So Alvarez, Alvarez guitars, right? Alvarez Mm -hmm. guitars did a series called Yayaris, um, back in the nineties. And basically the idea is they took all of these guitar bodies and they would put them inside of a chamber and blast music at them for eight or 10 or 12 months continuously with the idea that over time, the sound waves would change the structure of the wood and make it more, um, more of a rich tone. 
right? So this is a thing that actually does happen. And I've heard the difference between a standard Alvarez and one that's a Yayari. And Yayari is a, I think it's Japanese, and I could be wrong, but it's somewhere in Asia. I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese uh, process. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. The sound waves can't do anything but impact it further. Now, is it good or bad? That's a different conversation. But I, I enjoy what what they're doing. Um, they're very transparent about the whole situation. What they're, you know, they're 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 picking up their whiskey, um, and they're putting it in these casks and they're blasting music at it for a while. And even if it comes out just as standard whiskey, it's not priced super crazy. Um, and you get a playlist to listen to it, and it's Metallica music while you uh, drink whiskey. So that could end really well or really poorly. So choose your own adventure. <laughs> you. You didn't cheat on those books. I always cheated on the choose your own adventures. I choose my adventure. I like, the endings. Screw that. I'm going back. I didn't choose that one. I, I mean, absolutely. No, no, I did that. I did that. Cause I needed to know, like I needed to know what the other options were. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, next one, brother. Now this is good. Like celebrity whiskeys. I don't know. Cause this is not my thing. Brothers bond. Uh, the bond between Ian Summerhalder and Paul Wesley formed on the vampire diaries after the CW show ended. Is this a thing this, to you? So I, I know about this. I haven't had this. And I think that it's, from what I understand, it's like mediocre whiskey. But it got a whole lot of like teenage girls interested in whiskey. And so kudos to them because the Vampire Diaries and the connection to that. Um, I haven't heard anything necessarily bad about it. But I haven't heard anything resoundingly good to the point where I'm going to search it out. Right? Like so far, I've had Lagavulin. I have a bottle of Blackened. I do not have Brothers Bond, and it's not because I've never seen it. I've seen it a bunch of places. I just haven't bought one because it doesn't seem that interesting. What a great answer. And way to keep talking while I had to get up and let the dogs out so they stopped barking. You are a <laughs> scholar and a gentleman. Last one here. Sassanach, Sassanach blended Scotch whiskey. In Scottish Gaelic, Sassanach means outsider or nonconformist. On the Star Series, Outlander, Sam Hughes, Hugan's 18th century character, Samford, used it as an affectionate name for his on-screen love interest it's a blended scotch whiskey named as a cheeky tribute to the show any thoughts there i need you to spell that again uh s-a-s-s-e-n-a-c-h so that's the first one that i don't know anything about on this list like the rest of them i sort of know about but like i don't know i'm gonna have to look it up i i don't know do you watch outlander Uh, i don't but i know a lot of people are really passionate about it did your wife watch Outlander? No, no, she oh, okay. she doesn't. She doesn't like to watch anything new, uh, and that sounds terrible. But like, she likes to watch the same thing over and over Just again because she knows what's going to happen. My wife loves period piece things. Mm-hmm. She we watch Pride. Like, I don't mind Pride and Prejudice, but we watch it like three times a year. Right, I mean that's fine. <laughs> and like the part that always gets me is there's the scene where she's like in a gazebo and he comes out and it's very dramatic. I'm like, this is the end of the movie every single time. I know it's not the end. But I'm like, this should have been the end of the movie. <laughs> they get you. They 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 they, they fooled you. That that's good cinematography right there. Even when you know that it's not the end, you still think it is. I feel like it should be. Anyway, all right, John. Here's a question that we've had on the show before. But we haven't had your perspective. If you, for what was huge, and we don't have anything from last week because we're pre-recording these things, and mm-hmm. by the time this airs, I think I'm in Yellowstone with my girls. Wish me luck. It's just me and the girls in a camper, Mercedes camper van. It could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. It could be black and whiskey. We'll find out. Um, but if you were going to have a celebrity whiskey line, what celebrity and what type of whiskey would you choose to have? 
what celebrity? That's a tough one, right? Because I, I do want to lean into like Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson is my spirit animal through and through, right? And so that already exists. So I need to find a new one. But then there's also this uh, Sweetens Cove thing, which everybody's sort of dumped on. But um, there's a musician named Drew Holcomb who is involved with that prog- project as well. And I really, really like him. Um, he's the first legitimate concert that my children ever went to. It's a Mark- nice. Americana artist. Fantastic. Um, what famous person would be the best person to try to build a whiskey brand with? Uh, I don't I can know, go. man. That's a I'll tough go question. I'll yeah, give you a little more time to think. Give, give, me, give me a half a second. So, like, I love... I'm, I'm going to go one way, but then I'm coming back another. I love music. I do. And I love Dave Grohl. I think Dave Grohl, like, just is, like, the coolest dude ever. I just, like... Thanks, man. You just, you just that, that's, I can't beat that answer. Well, I can't, but I'm not, Dave I'm Grohl. not going to go with Dave Grohl. Okay. I would lo- like, if I could hang out with anybody right now, it'd probably be Dave Grohl. However, mm-hmm. I'm going with someone who's already dead and it's another rock and roll icon. I just uh, watched the recent documentary on little Richard and I'm like, dude was crazy amazing. And I would go little Richard with little book. Is it little book? Is that the name of the bourbon? Yep. Yep. It'd be. Little Richard, little book. See, you didn't, tell me, dead, you didn't, you didn't tell me dead people were an option either. You dead people are options, man. <sighs> now, now I've got to like my it's brain is just broken. They, they revive dead people's legacies all the time. See, because then when you start talking about dead people, then I'm like, okay, no, I've got to start thinking about Kurt Cobain because, like, you know, Nirvana was a big thing for me in middle school. But Wait, then, say, say like, the band name again. Say Kurt, the band name. Kurt Cobain, just Kurt and Cobain. What's the band name? Nirvana. Okay, I said Nirvana. Like, <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't say his name. I didn't say the band name at all. I just said Kurt Cobain. Okay, so Kurt. Did Cobain. I say that? I don't think I did. You said it. You said it. Maybe I'm. Anyways, I probably mumbled through something else. But then I think like I don't think he would be a good selection for like building a whiskey brand off of because he'd probably be like, let's make some uh, you know like rum aged absinthe or something just super esoteric <laughs> that like would be interesting to explore. Um. Man, you threw me with the dead people thing. The dead people just threw me. Okay, just so I, I'm I'm gonna steal this. I'm 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 gonna okay. I'm gonna stay in music. Okay, and I'm I'm gonna shamelessly self promote. Is what I'm gonna do here. All right. So a few episodes, few episodes, maybe a year ago, I had an episode with a guy named Propaganda, and he is a hip hop artist. Um, and I followed him musically for a very very long time uh, as an educator. He's got a song called Board of Education, but it's B O R E D Board of Education. You need to go listen to it. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it as an educator. But he's also like super coffee geek and a little bit of whiskey geek. So I would be like, all right, prop. His name is real name's Jason. Like, what let's 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 build a whiskey brand. And we may only sell three bottles, but I think it would be a fun time. Okay. I like that. Woo! That's my little Richard. <laughs> I probably blew out the <laughs> I got it. Nah, it wasn't too bad. We'll I've got an ear pod in and it didn't destroy my okay. eardrum, so we're fine. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll post that this week. Again, we're bad at social. I'm bad at social. John's pretty good at social media stuff. Chill filter no, is not. not so great. No, so who knows if these results will ever come out? Or you're way yep. better than us. I'll tell you that much. But uh, we'll post that. And uh, you know what, man? I appreciate you coming on. You have an open invitation anytime. If you're ever just like, you know what? I want to do an episode with you guys. Let us know. 
we're yes. in Fort Myers. We, so we have to all three up. get together again. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to spend some time together. Oh, it's it's um, fun. You know, we, we we'll work something out. Maybe I'll put a bit put together a blind flight and send over, and we'll do another one. And you just you just send us a billion things. Like we just we'll just get on and do at least one or two or three of those. Man, I love having you on the show. You're a natural fit. I think I said it. I don't know if I've said it on air. I've said it to you, but like when Cole was about to have his first kid, I was like, we might need to bring in a third person just to make sure we can get episodes recorded every week. And you were like, a number one, top of the heap because you fit. I'm, in, man. I'm always like, available. You guys were you guys were a thing I was listening to before I was doing this. So perfect, love it. All right. Well, I hope you had a good time, John. I hope. Listeners may have some chance to get a haunch of this Jim Beam bottle Van Gogh thing because it was. Listeners, I hope our love of whiskey lifted your spirits. You're both idiots. Sweet. That is a like I've done. I've accidentally had like cigarette ash water in my mouth before. Oh, yeah. But never someone else's urine. Like I, I, I understand how this happens with like. Have you had your own urine in your mouth? I not that I can remember, <laughs> but you know it's sterile to like your urine is sterile to you. And that's fine, right? Like 